This is the Voice of the Land podcast with your hosts, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Voice of the Land podcast. As the majestic voice of Paulus told you in the beginning, I am one of your hosts, Kevin Arnold, and alongside me, as always, my brother, Nick Paulus. We are on the Autogram episode, episode 14. Going old school, huh? Going old school. Man, we got we to gotta show our range. It's true. You know, I think the oldest we are here is 30. I'm about to be 28. You're you're 30. Yeah, I'm 30. Yeah, I just I just turned that bad boy a couple months back. You know, we haven't we haven't seen that stuff, but we that shows the range of our fandom and Of course. and the credit goes to our families bringing us up and, and <laughs> teaching us the history of the sport and why we are fans here in Cleveland and what what that bloodline how impactful that bloodline can be for being a Cleveland sports fan. Just a couple of things for you know those that don't know Autogram. Autogram was a quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, 1946 to 1955. Three-time NFL champion before the Super Bowl, of course, in 1950, 1954, and 55. Five-time Pro Bowl, four-time first-team All-Pro, second-team All-Pro in 1952, three-time NFL Most Valuable Player. So he was a baller. He was a baller. There's there's this long list. I have your phone right now, Paul. But there's this <laughs> long list of attributes. You guys just look up Wikipedia and you can find that stuff. Oh yeah. I know people say Wikipedia is not the best place to find information. It's just because so many people can access it and put random things in there. Most of their information is actually pretty accurate. It, it is, yeah, for the most part. I mean, the main thing that gets changed on Wikipedia is like the overall, though the writing basis on it, you know, the career stats, everything like that, usually up to par for it. Uh, someone might write in there like, oh, this person's the worst, or, you know, something like that. Normally it's changed pretty quick, though, uh, for Wikipedia, but everyone knows Wikipedia. I don't have to explain it. However, he does. It. He is obviously the greatest quarterback in Cleveland Browns history. Mm-hmm. He has how many touchdowns did he have? I believe it was 174. Let me go back to this list real quick. Touchdown to interception ratio 174 to 135. Okay, 23,000 right, right around 23 to 24,000 passing yards and a 50 a 56 percent completion percentage. How long till Baker breaks those records? Uh, Breaks 174 touchdowns. Is that, what, 27 right now? Or 28, right? Was it? 27. 27. It was 27. So kind of have to mathematically figure that out. Um, like I'm pretty good at math, but my Just mind's not there right now. Thought process right now. So 27 for if 20, you. Think 27. Well, if you think about, let's say he averages 30 from here on out, you're looking at what five? You're looking at about six years until he hits 174. Six more years. Yeah. So do you, do you year think seven, he, year eight. Year oh, seven, I, year I think eight? he will. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean Otto Graham played for nine seasons, so it's true. You know. Just, I think if we, as long as Baker keeps on the trend he's going on, we look back, we look down the line in about seven or eight years. I'm sure those stats are going to be pretty close. They're going to be inflated. Oh yeah. oh yeah. So yeah, oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. So this is the Autogram episode of the Voice of the Land podcast, and on today's pod we are going to get into Browns talk. There was trades mentioned today. There's trade talk going around. Nothing. Everything is reported right now. We have to say reported. 
I know everything's pretty much going to go through, but <laughs> nothing can be official except for guys kind of getting cut recently that can right. sign right away. Nothing can, can become official until Wednesday. Nothing can get signed. Yeah, nothing can get signed. The league won't officiate, won't sign off on any trade until Wednesday when the new league year does begin. We're also going to get into the NBA, a little bit of Cavs talk, a little bit of LeBron. LeBron did pass Michael Jordan this week, and we haven't really had a rant of the week for a while. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, There might be one at the end, if we have time. If we have time, there might be a little rant. Let's see if we can squeak it in. Yeah, because we talked about this before, so we'll see if we can get that in at the end. But before we get into all that, reminder... You guys can always follow us at VTL underscore POD, at VTL underscore pod on Twitter. Find us on Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as Anchor FM, where we always post the pod on Twitter. That's kind of the direct link. But I think as long as you click on that link, whatever podcast availability you have on your phone, I think, pops up and you can download it that way. Moving forward today, today is International Women's Day. And I just wanted to touch on this and say that I am proud of the strong women that I have that have influenced my life, my mother, my sister, my aunts, my grandmother. May she may she rest in peace. Um, You know, strong women that I have been around for a while, a lot of my friends, and then also being being a coach on the girls level of high school athletics as well, kind of being able to impact and seeing that side of athletics. We saw. I saw a report today that the U.S. women's national team actually is suing the soccer U.S. Soccer Federation. Really, because of that dis- discrepancy in unequal pay. Wow. That women's national team is. They've had a lot no more joke. success yeah. on the international way level. Way more success. Yeah. Way more success than the men, and the men just missed out on the World Cup. Women are going to the 2019 Women's World Cup this summer, so we'll see how that goes. But just want to get your quick take, Paulus. Your favorite female athlete out there today or even of the past? I mean, that's, I mean, just so many oh, great female athletes so out there, honestly. Um, I think a rags to riches story is always the best kind of story that you ever want to, you know, talk about. I don't think that there's a better rags to riches story than Serena and Venus. Mm-hmm. I think, hands down, coming straight from Compton. Yeah. And, you know, working their way all the way up to being the best duo of all time. And Serena really being the best female, probably the best player, you know, not just male or female of their sport. So I'd probably give it to Serena. Yeah. I mean, just fantastic all the way around. My favorite has always been Mia Hamm. Okay. Former, yeah. former U.S. women's national Married team to Noma. player. Garcia Parra. Yeah. One of my favorite soccer players across the board to watch growing up. Yeah. You know me. I'm a big soccer fan. Into the coaching. Love the sport of soccer. And Mia Hamm is overall one of my favorite soccer players to ever watch in my lifetime. So shout out on International Women's Day. We want to make sure we got that in. We are a sports podcast. And there are, we talked about that lawsuit for the soccer team. There is a lot of 
competitive athletics on both sides. It's I just see them. I see a lot of them as athletes, and I have for a long time. Of course, those discrepancies, though, there that is a conversation that still needs to be had amongst the different organizations and federations around at least around America, yeah, not around the, around the world for equal equal equality. Yeah, in athletics. Now that we've touched on that, let's transition to our main topics for the day. NFL, coming up on the new league year on Wednesday, as we mentioned. We had the news drop today. We were I was planning on just kind of talking, previewing what's going to happen. Sure. We've seen people all over the place, Dustin Fox, Matt Miller, all over Twitter saying, oh, something's big, something big's coming, something big's coming. Today we had a trade announced, a reported trade, that the Browns will send guard, offensive guard, Kevin Zeitler to the New York Giants for... Not Odell Beckham. I was hoping for that. <laughs> but a defensive end, Olivier Vernon, who is a beast on the defensive solid. end. Yeah. And now you have two bookends on your defense Thank coming God. after the quarterback. And allow it'll take away some of that double-team attention that Miles Garrett gets. Oh, yeah. Well, I think the only other thing, and I posted this on Twitter, now that we got our second bookend, we really need to get at least one more presence up the middle. And I'm really hoping for Indomitian. Like, you Sue... See, did you see Jacksonville cut Malik Jackson? I did see that. I did see that. That I was a name that had popped up. I, People were interested in with I the Browns. I would definitely take a look at it. I mean, if the price differences are so crazy different. Like, if Sue wanted to come in and he wanted $15 million for a single year... And then Jackson, you can get for seven million. Yeah, you go with Jackson. I mean, we're not strapped for cash. We still have seventy million dollars to play with. But I really think that you got to look. You got to pick your battles whenever it comes to things like that. The difference between Jackson and Sue isn't a huge difference. I would love to have Sue though, just because of what he did in the playoffs. He basically took all the year off this past year. Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, he didn't make any big. Splashy uh, plays or anything like that in the regular season, but you saw this kind of dominant force he was whenever they made the playoffs. He was unbelievable then. He can be he can be a bit of a, a head case, but that's a that's if you're that's winning a head case that if you you're could winning live though, you can live with right. it. If you you can live with it because when again when the team is winning and the track the Browns are on, that would say that that talent would definitely match up with what they're trying to add here. Just looking at our Twitter poll that you posted earlier on Voice we of the Land. We got a lot of responses on that. We're getting a lot of responses to a lot of our polls we posted this week. We're trying to get more active on there again at VTL underscore pod on Twitter. Right now, the current results with still 20 hours left to vote. You asked, Browns made a trade for Olivier Vernon. Now that, that they have found a second top line pass rusher, what is the next position you want the Browns to add via free agency or trade? The options were wide receiver, defensive tackle, cornerback, or kicker. I threw the kicker in there because Gostowski's out there. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, we're we're in need of a kicker, let's be honest. Yeah, someone responded. What about O line? I, I saw and, that and I was like, you know what? We've already, you know, we got Corbett. Corbett's going to take over for the guard spot uh, that Zeitler, you know, is moving on from. Of course, we're going to add at least one or two offensive linemen, but they're going to be backups. They're rotational players. You know, the kicker is going to make the difference for a lot of the games. You saw it with, uh, you know, with a couple of the games this past year. Uh, New Orleans, you know, mm-hmm. pops right yeah. off in the mind 
And so, yeah, I mean, I really think that, you know, kicker deserved to be on there, especially with a talent like Gostowski out there. Yeah, that's a close vote right now, too. Defensive tackle with 42% of the vote, wide receiver 40, and then cornerback and kicker with 10 and 8, respectively. Mm-hmm. When I saw this trade, I wasn't, I wasn't upset. And I wasn't. It's not like I'm criticizing John Dorsey for this trade once it goes through on Wednesday. It's just I question the player that was given up. Yeah. When you had so much success, you built that offensive line, and really the missing piece, you you kind of solved with Robinson on the left tackle. At least it was a solid offensive line once that was there. There was more chemistry amongst the offensive line. That interior with Batonio. Zeitler and Treader. Treader, JC Treader as our center. That was pretty solid all year long. It it was great, especially the last game, you know, eight games of the year whenever Freddie took over and there was only, I believe, nine pressures the last eight games of the year, which is unheard of. Yeah. So pretty awesome. It's just my my biggest question there. I know that John Dorsey is a very good talent evaluator and he brought in Corbett to be, you know, and that's basically going to be Zeitler's replacement. You're banking on a second year player that you're gonna have more time with to grow, develop. But we did see him be inactive on a lot of, like, basically a healthy scratch on a lot of those games, especially early on this season. And you're so you're going with an unknown with a line that you would develop so much chemistry with. If you add a guard in the draft later on in the draft for backup, still an unknown. If you add one in free agency, what kind of level can you find for a little bit of money? just to have that insurance. I don't think that they're going to be looking in free agency. I mean, of course, you know, there's going to be a couple of people that they bring to camp. And that's, and that's like that second or third tier. When you get right. when you get past the big news of Wednesday, you know, that first 24 hours from right. Wednesday to Thursday, and especially through that weekend, you see a lot of stuff being, being announced, and then it starts to spread out a couple days here, a few days there. The way that I look at this trade, personally, is who got the better end of the deal. I think Vernon is a better overall player than Zeitler and we got their fourth round pick in exchange for our fifth round. So not only are they getting the lesser of so the player, they're also we're, we're drafting 20 spots ahead of where we were initially going to be drafting. So does that give us like another fourth rounder then and gets yes. rid of our fifth round? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So now you're looking, we got the better player in the trade and we got the better draft pick in the trade. Rarely does that happen. Hmm. Normally it's an even okay, we'll trade you, we'll swap draft picks, but we get the better one and you get the better player, and it goes from there. But the reason why the Giants did this is because they're trying to unload this cap, which I get it. You know, it, mm-hmm. you know, it knocked us back for another $10 million this year, but, you know, like I said before, that went from 80 to 70. We still have plenty of cap space in here that we can get a big-time free agent or a big-time trade asset here coming up. We have now, uh, well, no, we still have 10 draft picks. There's not 10 spots on this team for rookies. Right. That's just a fact. So that means we're going to be trading a lot of those draft picks in order to either be moving up or, you know, just moving around in free agency. Yeah. Cleveland has gotten used to 
draft picks and having a multitude of them, now is where you start to use them as assets elsewhere Absolutely. too, not just selecting players. Your first through three rounds, you're getting quality starters. You know, you want your first rounder to be end up being an all pro. Second, third round could turn into all pros, but quality starters. NFL starters and then filling out your roster fourth through seventh round. So once you get into that day when picks are coming at you very fast, that's when you see a lot of trades and movements and just little little things to kind of help with cap space and adding or taking away too much depth on your team just to have a solid equal roster. With this move today, I was actually when I was at work when this happened and I was talking to one of my buddies. Shout out Nick C if you're listening right now over the weekend as we record on Friday <laughs> and you're probably hearing it on Saturday. Uh, we were talking about it and he was actually texting back and forth with one of his buddies and his buddy was talking about how he trusts in Dorsey and yes, basically the same thing. Olivier Vernon, yes, is the is a better player. We have a strong, two strong defensive ends, takes away that double team. I question a little bit of the player used to get Vernon. Okay, if it works out, it works out. It's not that I don't trust Dorsey. And that's what his buddy was kind of saying. I just trust Dorsey. I'm questioning Corbett's experience, how much experience we're going to have, but I'll trust Dorsey. And, and that's fine to do that. I just think it's okay that we have seen how strong John Dorsey is as a talent evaluator and a molder of a roster in the NFL. It's okay to you know, question something sometimes. And if it works out, great. We're in that boat now where we are starting to see we have a lot of great pieces. Maybe here and there, there's gonna be there's still gonna be a couple misses. Of course. And you I mean can't. look at look at Chad Thomas. Chad Thomas, you know, third round pick. Yeah. You know, he should have been a much better player than he was in his rookie year. We needed a lot of help on that defensive line last year because Agba wasn't getting the job done half the games. And Miles, I mean, Miles was run down by the end of the year, man. Yeah. Going over a thousand snaps. That's crazy for any defensive player out there. He was just full go the entire oh, time and the entire time. And he was he And was, we needed a breather. Now now that we got Vernon in here. Yeah. Makes it a lot easier for us to be like, hey, Miles, you know, don't worry, you're not going to get double teamed every single time. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, everyone signs on the dotted line and we're able to go from there. And it, and it really wasn't an argument either because we were, all three of us were saying basically the same thing. It's just sometimes, again, the understanding of it's okay to, even if you trust somebody, I'm okay with having John Dorsey here. And if I question him every so often, I still know that this roster and this team is going to continue to build and get better rather than every single move I'm criticizing. It might be one or here yeah. or there. And we talked about Kareem Hunt and our thoughts on that. If Again, if that one works out too, hey, great. That's another great player. Absolutely. How much time is he going to have this season to get molded in? That's something we'll look at moving forward. In addition to... Well, I guess speaking of Browns and Giants connection there, quickly, what do you what percentage chance do you put it at that the Browns are still trying to work a trade with the Giants, a second trade of the Giants to get Odell Beckham? Trying percentage to try and get them, like that they're talking to them? That they're talking to them and then percentage chance that that and something like that actually happens. I think Dorsey's always looking to improve the team. So I think that any sort of improvement that we can get out of that, you know, in Odell Beckham would put us into the stratosphere of contenders for the Super Bowl. Right now we're contenders for 
for the AFC North. We get Odell. That's another step above that. That's that's you know your top four teams you know in the conference you know that that make it. You're, you're looking at that. I think that he's probably still talking to uh, Gettleman from the Giants. I'd probably say. Probably a hundred, 90%, I'm sure, that he's talking to Gettleman still about that. But I don't see Odell being being traded at all. It's just too much money. And then if you're Gettleman, who signed Odell to the contract last year. How, and said you're not trading him. And said that you're not trading him. How do you then trade him and then go to your, to your ownership and be like, you know what? I know we signed him and we only got one out of the five-year deal that you know we got for him, and we're gonna have to eat seventeen, you know, million dollars of his deal this year, but it'll all work out in the end. They, dude, you're you're gonna lose your job. I mean, I kind of saw reports that ownership was the, the one pushing it, and Gettleman was the one if, staying if, steadfast on what he said. If if ownership is pushing for it, then you know, then maybe, but I just don't see it. I mean, how about you? Should they trade Odell, and if they do trade for him? What are you trading to get him? I mean, I don't know what you're trading to get him because early reports of any early discussions, one of those pieces is gone now that yeah. now that you got yeah, Zeitler. Yeah. Zeitler was one of those pieces, and I, someone had a random. Are report you looking that at they, two two firsts? That might be the That's that might be lot. the ask, that might be the asking price, and I don't know that I'm I don't know that you can can go to that. But point. for a talent like that, I mean, then you're an instant Super Bowl contender. It's true. That it's that's tempting. It's I'm coming to the table for that, and then having discussions on how how are we fully working this deal out. If I'm the Giants, I'm not trading Odell though. If and we mentioned this a few podcasts ago, if they wise up and do the right thing and draft a young quarterback, one of the top top few in this draft, like a Dwayne Haskins, if you draft someone like that, you're loyal to Eli Manning, but now they sit behind him. There's another talent you already have signed for several years in Odell Beckham for your young quarterback to mold and build chemistry with. Yeah. If I'm the Giants, I'm not doing it. If I'm the Browns, I, as a Browns fan, I want Odell. If I'm the Browns, I'm, as we do here, giving our giving ourselves a reality check. Here's what we can offer. What are you looking for? And if it's just too much with a few holes still on this team, we're not just one piece away, then be careful and do the right thing for this team. As I'll keep saying, I trust John Dorsey to do. Dave Gilman's one that you can't really trust and are going to criticize more often. John Dorsey, trust him all the time, may may not agree all the time. I'm glad you said reality check because there was a trade or a possible trade that happened last night. Yeah, I which woke was up to the, that, man. It was the craziest thing. What, what I, was going on? I got home at about 11 o'clock last night, and right around 11.30, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to go to bed, about to shut off my phone. You know what? I'm going to you know, check Twitter just one more time, see what's going down. And I saw AB got traded to the Bills, and I thought that is the greatest tweet <laughs> I have ever seen in my entire life. Not only does 
does he go punishment that would have been exactly not only (laughs) does he go to qb you know siberia you know football siberia really it's awful there man the fans are great in buffalo i was gonna gonna say a lot of the fans the bills Bills mafia Mafia fans i will give them so much credit yeah i mean they are us but just a little bit more east and they get more snow yeah (laughs) that's really they're doing a little bit more wwe stuff jumping through tables they are jumping through (laughs) tables but if you're walking through the muni lot you're seeing that happen a lot more now lately well they but none of them know how to take a bump that's true (laughs) that's true I couldn't believe seeing that tweet, and and it, it came from a credible source. It came from Ian Rappaport, who I thought was credible, but he is not. Apparently, he doesn't double or triple check, mm-hmm. you know, the his sources because whenever it all came out, Adam Schefter said nothing until three thirty in the morning and was like, "That's not true." They they, mm. they were nowhere near a deal. Apparently, yeah. Ian Rappaport got my hopes up and millions of other people's hopes up. I saw nothing but amazing uh, tweet after tweet after tweet. You saw AB as a crying R. Kelly. I mean, you saw you saw him everywhere out there, man. It was fantastic to see. And then I wake up in the morning and find out that the Bills were really nowhere near it. It, it sucked. See, I kind of went to bed a little bit early, and then I woke up in the middle of the night and looked at my phone. I don't think I really processed it Yeah. until I got up. And I, like, I didn't really clear out. I didn't clear out the notifications on my phone because I wasn't coherent enough to do that. <laughs> you know, I'd been waking up early this week, so <laughs> I don't know. It's... Rappaport is such a credible person, and whatever information he got, part of me questioned whether AB was, you know, got some sort of backdoor control in this because he didn't want to go there, or if it was just made a mistake of who you were listening to, what kind of information you got posted out there, and no one else did. There was a, and it was deemed to be. Not true. I would have. I would have laughed so oh hard god. if he got sent to the Bills. Oh so. my god! Yeah, it would have been amazing. Just from to Ben see. to to Josh <laughs> Allen. Josh Allen. Yeah, that, that would have been a rough ride for AB. There was so much talk of it, though. I was convinced it happened. I woke up this morning, smile on my face. We finally got him out of the AFC and North, and, and then I look and see that it's it was all they're for naught. Tr- they're gonna have trouble trading him now. Absolutely, all these teams keep dropping out. People. People keep saying that there's there's not a lot going on right now in, in trade talks for him because the people that you immediately thought of, oh well, the 49ers want him. Hell, he was you know hanging out with Jerry yeah. Rice and you know talk about running the hills and oh yeah, the Niners will trade for him. And John Lynch was like, hell no, no, I don't want him on my team. And then the Packers brass came out. They said that they don't want anything to do with him. The only team that I am terrified that he goes to is the New Orleans Saints and there's a lot of talk about him going there right now but I don't think that they have the ammunition for him because they don't have their draft pick this year does he get cut AB no way no way on God's green earth so then you're basically you're basically trading Le'Veon Bell for Antonio Brown basically because Le'Veon was on the roster they couldn't get rid of him or you know couldn't Well they're they're going to get a third round pick for Le'Veon. Right. I'm just saying that last year he was on the roster but never right. reported didn't play yeah. for him. Then you can't trade him and you don't want to cut him. AB's I, I think what happened last night was that the deal was done. 
and they told AB, hey, you got your wish, buddy. Here you go. You win. You're moving to Buffalo, man. Good luck in New York. And I think AB goes, hell no, I'm not going there. Yeah, like I Josh said, Allen, I am not going to a Josh Allen quarterback-led team. And he put his foot down, and I think the Bills got scared. And they thought, you know what? We're not going to be able to get him. What What would happen if the Bills traded, and, and I just got a tweet from my buddy who, who I trust in this, mm-hmm. and he said apparently the deal was uh, uh, Buffalo would get eight. AB and the number twenty pick, and the, um, uh, the the Steelers would get the number nine pick mm. and a third round pick. Okay, so Steelers Steelers moving moving up, Bills moving down, and then it, actually okay, and, and then and then an extra third round pick, which in it, it all makes sense. But let's say you make that trade, and then AB goes, yeah, no, I'll, I'll show up, and then never shows up. Just literally retires before the season starts, but it's after the draft. Now the Steelers have the number nine pick. You, you know, got pushed down eleven spots, yeah. and you also gave up your third round pick. I think the Bills got scared, and they were like, you know what, we're not, we're never going to be able to convince him to come here. Yeah. So, they, like I said, that backdoor control. Yeah. And we see the NBA, that's player control driven. The NFL is the exact opposite. But somehow, some way, I think AB was able to influence that. Not only was it incorrectly reported, but I think somehow AB was able to, with everything that's going on with them, and teams are backing out of that deal because they are seeing who AB really is. They are seeing. Oh, AB is definitely showing his true colors. They're showing even more of his true colors. And to bring, we talked about. You know, headaches on on the team. You, that's he's also come out and we, said that he wants to be the highest paid wide receiver again because whenever he initially yeah, signed he's this contract, up there in years so he, exactly he initially signed this contract a couple years back and he was the highest paid wide receiver. Ever since then, you see you know Julio and 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 all these other you know wide receivers that are getting paid you know big bucks and he's and now he's like the seventh paid you know wide receiver. He wants to get paid again. Sorry, dude, you're thirty. Your best years are behind you. It's not going to happen. I'll ask you right now, with everything going on with the Steelers and AB and the rest of the AFC North, even without trading for Odell, with that wild rumor that's out there, who wins the AFC North? I, I told you, man, the Browns. Browns 11-5. and five. Baker's won an MVP. I don't care who else we add to this team. We're fine. It, Baker makes everyone better. That's the greatest thing about a great quarterback is that they can turn an average wide receiver into a pretty damn good wide receiver. And if you get a pretty damn good wide receiver, he turns him into a Hall of Famer. He can do that. Jarvis is a very good wide receiver. Baker makes him better than what he is. Whenever he was down in Miami, he was catching those 10-yard, you know, really eight-yard passes every single time. He'd get eight yards, eight yards, six yards, 8 yards, 12 yards. Whenever Baker was chucking it to him, you know, in the final eight games of the year, dude was averaging like 15 yards a catch. That wasn't him in Miami. That's him now in Cleveland. Baker does that. I love it. Is that your rant of the week? Sure, (laughs) yeah. The Browns are winning the (laughs) Damn right, yeah. You know me. I don't make predictions on this podcast. 
as of March 8th, 2019. Uh-oh, uh-oh. My pick to win the AFC North. Prediction, even, uh-oh. Even without Odell Beckham Jr., Cleveland Browns. Baby! Nice. Cleveland Browns are winning the AFC North. And that is because of exactly what you just said. Baker Mayfield, having the quarterback is so crucial. And guys like Jarvis Landry and bringing more guys like that in here that bring a culture change to this team. I got into arguments when I was in school at the Ohio Media School on the show I was doing about that there was a culture change already. Now there is the culture change. Now you can actually start to look and see that there's a culture change, and it's only going to get better from here. 100% agree. Now we mentioned, just quickly transitioning a little bit, we mentioned how the NFL, it's not really player-driven, but there could have been some player influence on a trade. The exact opposite, the NBA. It's all player-driven. It's all (laughs) player-driven. We had a couple things couple things kind of going on. Cavs playing more of the teams that are either in the hunt for the playoffs or are in the playoffs, and you're kind of seeing what an NBA tank looks like, at least how I define it. People, yeah. people think of tank as, I know we've talked about this before, so we're not going to dwell too long on it, but I know people think of a tank and uh, tanking in sports as they're trying to lose. These are competitive athletes, man. Sure. They're not trying to lose, but what we're seeing right now is, even with Kevin Love back, we are seeing a competitive team that at the end when they are playing a more talented team, they just don't have the talent to get over the hump. Yeah. They're playing another close game against Brooklyn. At one point you thought it was headed back for four overtimes again, and then Brooklyn took over, had that run at the end because they're trying to make a push for the playoffs. Sure. That's which that's kind of where you're at in the NBA. You have to set it before. I'll keep saying it. Break it down and build it back up. But in in the process, you have to establish a culture, an environment, a style of play where you are giving maximum effort, you are playing all the way through the game, and you have an actual offensive and defensive system that when new guys are brought in, the people that are already on this team and the core pieces, they indoctrinate those people to those to those philosophies, and then you can actually get better and build back towards the top of your conference much faster. Yeah, and I know that we hate tanking. We we do. I, I do. I I hate it because I can't. I mean, but I'm enjoying watching basketball again. Right. I'm enjoying basketball again. I am so thankful that we are in the bottom three. <laughs> that I mean, we're pretty much a lock for the final three. I know we're about two and a half games behind. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know, technically ahead of Chicago for that third and final slot to get you know the best overall draft picks for it. But I'm looking at this you know upcoming NBA draft, and there's not really a whole lot of people past four. So we got to get one of those top four draft picks, and I think we will. I think we're going to end up probably second or third. I don't think we're going to be lucky enough to get the number one pick. I think the Knicks are a lock for that. I think I was that, just about to say. I think that they're New about York to, somehow, some way. I think New York's going to get you know that frozen envelope, you know, like they were talking about, you know, in the ninety. I think it was the eighty-four draft, whenever <laughs> they got Ewing. Yeah. You know, so years and years ago, they're they're going to get another one, and then they're going to get Kyrie, and then they're going to get Durant, and then they're going to make their own little super team. 
you know, with New York. It's just what's going to happen. I've given up saying that it's not going to happen. I realize, you know, the writing's on the wall. Kevin Durant doesn't want to be playing for the Golden State Warriors anymore. And we sure as hell know Kyrie doesn't want to be playing in Boston. He'd much rather go closer to home, you know, which was New Jersey, Brooklyn area. But he's not playing for the Nets. He's going to play for the Knicks. That all being said, you know, let's go from the East Coast back out to the West Coast. You mentioned it previously you know, at the very beginning of the podcast. LeBron James just passed Michael Jordan on f- for fourth all-time in points for the NBA. Such an amazing accomplishment. And then whenever you look at it, you, whenever you dive deeper into not just the points aspect of God, it. God, it was reacted to so horribly in it, L.A. It, it's, oh my God, yeah. That was, that was sad to see. That was a sad scene. It it didn't help that they were down by 15. Let, no. Let's be honest. Like, like the the Lakers fans, they're not going to root for – they don't root for losers. Here in Cleveland, we would have balled out. We would have done everything, you know, banners and you – know, we would have taken – We would have taken 20 minutes. Balloons coming down from we the We would have had a 20-minute montage of LeBron with his first dunk and his fadeaway jumper. Every 32,000 points. <laughs> exactly. We would have replayed every single one of those. Yeah. But the Lakers – don't ball like that, and the Lakers fans don't ball like that. LA and I told, fans in general, don't and ball I told like that. you, Southern California fans, they don't give a damn about they sports. Don't. They have way too much else going on. Yeah, sure, they say they're Lakers fans, but as soon as you know Kobe retired, a lot of those Lakers fans went and became Clippers fans or Golden State Warrior fans. It's they just it's a very fickle group in that they Southern California. What's good. There's there, I'm sure there's somewhat of a loyal base, but there's nowhere near. Here. The you know loyal who's base loyal? you're going to see here in the Midwest, you, these types of teams. You know Even who's up- loyal out there? Magic Johnson. That's about it. Yeah, and look at what he's doing as a... He's trying. I'll give him that. He, he's trying to do what he can, but whenever you're handed a crap roster, like the the one he was handed, he's not the one that traded uh, D'Angelo. I don't think so. Did he? No, he might have. That might. You know what? I think he did. I think he did. You know what? I think that was like his first thing on. Uh, yeah. First thing on the job. But at the same time, he, even then, and I'm backtracking now. But even then, whenever you traded D'Angelo, you traded him for a good reason. You know, because you traded him because well, what you thought the, was a good reason. Yeah. What What you thought and it hasn't translated. Yeah. Magic just, to me, I Magic is one of my favorite basketball players of all time. My My dad showed me a bunch of videos of Magic growing up he's kind of like the Mike Holmgren the Isaiah Thomas these guys that are great in one position in sports whether it's coach or player they get a new position in that same sport and they nothing this upcoming and we don't want to look too far ahead because I've I've hated that throughout this season where people are already mentioning which where's this free agent going where's this free agent going most likely because they think it's a foregone conclusion the Warriors are going to win as we pretty much agree on as well. But you're looking so far ahead. This is still going to be the most crucial crucial offseason for the Lakers. Yep. We thought we kind of thought LeBron went out there for kind of setting up the the end of his career and getting being a little bit more visible with his entertainment group and you see all these things coming out. He's there late late night with two chains making records and connected on all these different projects. He probably took on more than he could more than he could chew. Yeah. He probably thought, well, I'm going out with one of my favorite players growing up, Magic Johnson, and he's going to get me these players. So it may look like the Lakers aren't going to do anything this year, but somehow, some way, we're going to. Guess what? 
your minutes are reduced <laughs> and you're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. I still love LeBron. I still I don't root for LeBron, but I still watch him. He is the greatest player of our generation. I agree. I was sad to see him leave, and it's sad that he's not going to be in the playoffs. But you brought this upon yourself by going out there, and now these young guys that were in trade rumors couldn't handle like the Cavs veterans. They're pouting because since AAU, they've been told they're the best player out there. They're number one recruit. They're going to go to this great college. Now they're losing with the Lakers. Oh, I'm going to be traded. LeBron's trading me. I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to give any effort. I could make the playoffs, but who cares? I just want to sit and pout and drink my juice box over here in the corner. What are you doing? Just I know. the Lakers debacle has been one of the saddest stories in the NBA season. It, yeah, I mean, with it, LeBron not in the playoffs, do you have that much intrigue? To, even more intrigue to watch? I don't. I mean. There's interesting that, stories in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, absolutely. It, but the, even in the West, I mean, there's still a lot going on out there's there. There's fun stories that are being overshadowed by the Lakers' debacle and right, the Lakers' pouting. Right, but I think once we're into the playoffs, no one's going to give a damn about it. I think this is probably the best thing that could have happened for LeBron. Because let's say you make it to the playoffs. It's going to get a lot of rest. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. When was the last time LeBron had like three months off? It's been a long since his second year. Exactly, it's been fourteen years yeah. since he's had three months off of what he's you know, of, of what he's been doing. I think it's the best thing for him. Although we already know what he's going to be doing in the offseason. he's going to be shooting Space Jam Two, which has already been announced. So yeah, it doesn't come out until twenty twenty one. So he's going to be doing a little bit of that. Maybe speed up the process of filming if he's has more time. I said it. I was producing a show at the school the other day, and I kind of said, "Brown's going to get annoying on social media." I'm not saying in a bad way. But he is going to get that itch sooner because he's so used to a certain amount of time oh, before yeah. he gets that itch again for the season. So now that itch is going to come earlier on in the summer, and you're going to see him at gyms getting pickup games together, kind of shooting in the backyard with his kids. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to following yeah. LeBron on social media. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for the annoyance of LeBron on social media this offseason. Kind of switching gears just a little bit to close everything out. We've mentioned it. I know you have your movie podcast, yes. Real Film Junkies. You guys yes. can find that on the same platforms, I Absolutely. believe. Apple, Spotify, yep. Google, and everywhere else. So we don't get into that too much here, but we are big Marvel fans. We're both we big are. Marvel fans. And today starts the pathway of the blockbuster season with Captain Marvel coming out. What a great day for it to come out on International Women's Day. Yep. A, a, it's like they planned it or something. Oh. It's crazy how this all works out. You know, I probably should have looked at that closer. <laughs> <laughs> Drawing those connections. I have a little bit of a rant. I guess I kind of ranted already. But, sure. my, but my other rants of the week, I'm going to see it tonight. But there was a... It was possibly I couldn't see it until for maybe a couple weeks. Okay. Because I'm going out of town. We'll mention that at the end. But... I already heard that from one of my buddies that someone put the end credit scene on Twitter. And there's information out there. I think you mentioned you had a buddy that has seen stuff out there. YouTube, yeah. Stop putting spoilers on social media or the internet. Just because you saw it the first day, the first weekend, just because I'm seeing it tonight, I'm only going to tweet out saying, 
I thought it was a good movie. I didn't think it was that great of a movie. I'm not going to give any details. Right. I'm not going to spoil it. You need at least a two-week grace period. At least. At least, if not a month. Once you and I see it, we're going to talk off air. There's, oh, yeah. Nothing is going to come through these microphones yeah. until every we feel like everybody has had a bona fide chance to see it. Stop with the spoilers. I don't want to know anything. And guess what? I'm not going to tell anybody anything. I'm maybe see it again with my dad this coming week. I'm going to make sure I don't spoil anything for him. I'm going to go a second time to get those little things that you missed the first time with such a big movie. Stop spoiling movies. I am so terrified to watch. Like, if if I don't go, because I used to always go, uh, I, I used to always go and see the premiere. I used to always go and see the premieres and everything like that, just to make sure that I wasn't, like, out of the loop on anything. But now, you know, a little bit older, you know, I don't want to stay up until midnight and watch a movie at 2 a.m. Right. You know. <laughs> Going at 9.45 at night. Nice. Okay. Well, you know, you'll, you'll get done right around midnight yeah. then. So, uh, I have to work to 1 tomorrow, so I'm okay. Yeah, so you'll be okay. But the spoiler aspect of it, and spoilers on anything, are the worst kind of person spoils a movie. Right. Or, or a show. I'm terrified that... If that I have HBO Go, Mm -hmm. that I'm not going to be able to see Game of Thrones until the next day. You a GOT guy, huh? Yes. I'm not. Uh, Only because I don't have that that HBO connection. And I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, you need to watch it. If you watch it, great. If you don't, it's cool. I wasted my month trial on Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks, yeah. (laughs) I'm terrified that I'm going to run it like on, on Twitter, you know, researching something or, or you know, looking at something, and and there's going to be there's the final scene that someone immediately posted yeah. the very next freaking morning, and I'm going to freak out on someone like so I have to go a full day, and maybe it's for the best. I'd have to go a full day not be on social media just to wait until my wife gets home. Social that way, her and I, yeah, exactly. That way, her and I can watch the. Yep. Final Final show, yep. and then that way we don't like get anything spoiled. But people that throw out spoilers and don't say spoiler, hold on. I, I hate you, anyways. I hate you for doing that. But <laughs> I do too. But the people that do that, like, dude, if you spoil a movie, I'm gonna punch you right in your freaking face. <laughs> like, I hate that. So I'm right there with you, man. Spoilers are the absolute worst. Rant of the week. Don't be dumb. Don't spoil movies. Don't for spoil movies. But that is going to, we will wrap it up there with that rant of the week. Just looking ahead, I will actually be out of town in a couple weeks. So we will vacay. Vacay. Going to Disney. I'm going to Disney World. There you go. So in a couple, next week, we will still have our podcast. The following week, we may have Paulus on with a special guest. We're kind of working that out. More details to come next week. So don't worry. Episode 15 will be coming at you. We will name that later. Um, (laughs) But that is going to wrap it up for episode 14, the autogram episode. For Nick Paulus, I'm Kevin Arnold saying all sports fans out there, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We'll see you all next week.